final question about the Afghan situation. I'm not asking you to be an oracle by any means, but what happens next? Well, it'd be um, all the cards, as it were, seem to be with the, the Taliban at this point. What happens next is uh, to see what, you know, what the Taliban wish to do in terms of negotiations. You know, they, of course, are negotiating from a position of strength. The cynics, uh, the skeptics, uh, the uh, those wishing that the US and the UK and others should start recommitting and redeploying troops again to Afghanistan will say, well, essentially, the Taliban are going to put together a brutal regime that are not interested in incorporating other groups and so on. But we have to see. Uh, we have to see what undertakings they make. They have made undertakings, as they did in the Doha talks uh, with um, the Trump administration, that they would you know, undertake to include as much as possible an inclusive uh, entity. Um, so, And they are in negotiations you know, with um, the likes of Abdullah Abdullah, the, the, uh, the likes of Hamid Karzai, the previous president, and so on. So there is a there is a sense that negotiations about this will take place you know, and, and ha- are taking place. But of course, the first thing is, you know, will the Taliban secure the country? You know, and the second uh, thing is, what will the other powers do? Will they, for example, stir up mischief? Will what will Iran do? Because Iran has its own militias you know, that it may want to fund. Uh, Russia is keeping a close eye as well, um, you know, on developments uh, along the Afghan, uh, say, Tajikistan border and and so forth. So the warlords have not gone away; they've simply fled. The infamous, uh, of course, uh, warlord and the Uzbek uh, Dostum, uh, who was quite infamous uh, in, and also very bloodthirsty chap, by the way, I might add. He has fled to Uzbekistan and uh, he's awaiting to fight another day. The same thing with others, those that the US funded, I should add. So it, this is not going to go away because the issue will be, will they be recognized, the Taliban? Will they be permitted to govern? Will they be permitted to engage in um, you know, actually the process of governing or will they also be disrupted and the war, this seemingly interminable war will simply continue in different guises. Let's not forget the contractors. Let's not forget um, you know, the role played by other powers. I mentioned Iran, I mentioned um, Russia, but let's not forget India as well. The Indian intelligence services are never far away you know, in terms of their presence in the area as well, keeping an eye on their rival Pakistan, of course. Pakistan, Pakistan. Yes. And yep. so keeps, because Pakistan, of course, is, is one of those uh, countries that does recognize the Taliban. Yes. So, so it is. The short of it is that it's a very murky ball to gaze into. Um, uh, but the first issue will be: Will the Taliban be acknowledged and recognised, and so on? And will there be an immediate knee-jerk reaction from the powers that have just left, or, or will they let things rest for a while and then we'll take things from there? Right here in the United States right now, and I think across Western Europe, we're hearing pundits on TV, uh, politicians, everybody's given their opinion, everybody's given their idea of what's going on over in Afghanistan. And a lot of things that are coming out are the uh, sort of hoary old stories that we always hear, that this is a hotbed of terrorism and this all, they're all terrorists. And on top of that, the other side are saying, well, this is no different to the MAGA crowd. Your thoughts? 
Well, the the ultimate point here with uh, looking at a situation in Afghanistan is that it's the broader issue generally about the role of, you know, the U.S. and its interventionist policies. Um, and the fact of the matter is that the the argument about uh, you know, chaos, or the argument that uh, it'll become you know a hotbed of terrorism, uh, is only is is only relevant uh, depending of course on the, the so-called stakeholder or the vested interest as you're consulting you know depends yeah. on who you're chatting to and the it's important that uh, of course the intelligence community is very bruised by this first of all they got many things wrong <laughs> they, they didn't see you know the the prospect that these cities you know the cities like Kandahar like Ghazni like Herat would be falling so quickly certainly not uh, not Kabul um, so just they were asleep at the wheel just as they were when the Berlin Wall came down and just when they were when the Cold War ended and when the Soviet Union disintegrated. Um, you know, and yet these are individuals who are giving advice essentially to the like, likes of President Biden as to what to do, what not to do. Right. Um, so there is that issue. There's also the other issue to realize that the Taliban force, it the record is a mixed one because depending on who you talk to, depending on the source you consult, and depending on where you have been in Afghanistan, so the, the record is different. In some cases, they've been atrocious. You know, they've been vengeful and exacted retribution. In other cases, they've restored order. They've protected property. Um, it, it's very interesting to consult, for example, the views of that um, uh, very able and uh, fascinating news network called uh, Tolo, uh, which has about 400 journalists working for it, and it's specifically Af Af Afghan. And what is interesting about it is that it really depends on, you know, the, from the reports there, where you are in terms of what the, the Taliban are doing. In many cases, you have to remember, uh, individuals, depending on which province the Taliban has taken, talk about not needing bodyguards, not needing to carry a rifle, would you believe, not needing to carry, you know, an assault rifle to protect themselves because the Taliban are protecting property. You yes. know, using of course, very harsh, uh, punitive measures. Uh, the uh, cutting of you know, the amputation of um, hands and so on is a very common uh, punishment uh, for those who loot or those who steal and so on. So it's this notion that, yes, uh, whatever they might be seen as, this notion that they're barbarian, that they're medieval and so on, is part of this broader issue of giving one an excuse to meddle in another society. Yes. And I think it, it, it's astonishingly paternalistic to think about it in those terms too, because we see that in the commentary constantly, be it from the former CIA director, you know, General um, Petraeus, uh, individuals like that, we see constantly this notion that somehow we know better and we will tell people there who governs them and how they are to live. Yes. Um, and yes, it's true, you know, the argument about women's rights is thrown in, you know, as a kind of alibi or the issue of how people are pressed around his alibi. That's this, of course, you know, but these are also, dare I say, they're the collateral damage that arises when foreign countries and foreign powers intervene in the locality. And Afghanistan has seen this before with other empires. This is nothing new.